we are definitely seeing the customer side experiment with the metaverse ahead of the employee side. The employee side will, of course, trail. Um, but those organizations that are built to innovate faster will be yeah. the ones experimenting and leveraging it the quickest. Welcome to the HR LND podcast, where we explore cutting edge HR trends and best practices with top leaders who are shaping the future of work. My name is Nick Day, and I'm founder of JGA Recruitment Group, a specialist HR search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized HR thought leader listed on Thinkers360. Together, we're going to dive into topics from diversity and inclusion to technology, learning curation and employee experience to help you evolve your people and your development strategies. So whether you're a flourishing HR executive, a rising manager or a seasoned CHRO who's driving transformation, this podcast is for you. So grab your coffee and let's play. Hello and welcome back to the HR L&D podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, and we are specialist HR recruiters. Now, today I'm joined by Duncan Casemore, who is CEO and co-founder at Applaud, a workforce experience layer that makes digital HR simple. Now, something really interesting today is we're going to be tackling a subject that I'm personally interested in because I want to know more about it, and that's talking about the metaverse. Now, with Meta investing $150 million in creating an immersive learning ecosystem, which they believe will make personal development more accessible through the Metaverse, and with recent surveys such as that undertaken by ExpressVPN, claiming that 46% of Gen Z and 19% of baby boomers saying that within the next two years they foresee themselves working in the Metaverse, I want to bring this topic to life in today's show to discover if, with such rapid technological advances we're all experiencing in the HR sphere right now, if the metaverse indeed will become the workplace that all of us will start to experience as an everyday reality. So to explore that subject in more detail, I invited Duncan, who is a bit of an HR tech expert, onto today's show. As I mentioned, he's CEO and co-founder of Applaud, which is a business that's been helping the most ambitious Fortune 100 companies simplify their digital HR for over 10 years. So in this episode, I'm going to dive into the experience to understand what futuristic approaches are being adopted in the HR space to understand if one day we'll all be working in the metaverse. So without further ado, Duncan Casemore, welcome to the HR L&D podcast. How are you feeling today? Thank you so much, Nick. I'm delighted to be here and super excited to be talking about the metaverse with you today. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for the invite and delighted. My pleasure. It's going to be a learning experience for me, that's for sure. Before we jump into that, let me ask you my first question, something I always ask all my guests, which is this. What do the words human resources mean to you? Um, well, I have a, I have a, a, an opinion about um, the word human resources. I think if we, if we break it down, the, the resource part of it feels a bit like, um, feels a bit like mining copper that we use in a bit <laughs> of materials to make some equipment. I think uh, it's a very, it's a very uh, outdated and inward term that's very much about HR managing humans because so i think the human side of it and the resource side really takes the people out of hr and i'd love to see us move away from the term hr into something a little bit more more modern it reminds me a bit like um making raw materials building products um, and i think the copper if we're using copper to make equipment doesn't have much of an opinion or uh, much say in about how that material is used whereas a human 
has quite a different reaction to how they're used in work. And so I think it's it's a bit of a one-way street, human resources. What's really interesting to me is how like a lot of people generally recognize the term is a bit outdated. Maybe it's time for something new. Uh, I, I remember when I started my career, it was personnel management was the term, and then human yeah. resources came along yeah. and came along and replaced personnel management. I think the next thing could be employee experience. I think as HR teams are really thinking about their their operating model and the structure that they have and are restructuring themselves around an employee-centric operating model that's much more customer-focused and serving the needs of the employee, which is almost, to me, almost the polar opposite of human resources, whereas human resources is very inward-focused about and about how an employer leverages their workforce. Employee experience is much more how the employee is feeling and how we can help support employees to deliver the most at work. And I think it links in really well with this topic today, which is about how these new technologies can disrupt some of those traditional models and thinking. So for me, I'd love to see us move away from the term human resources. I used to love it 20 years ago. Yeah, you're definitely not alone with that that school of thought either. And to be honest, I said something, I wouldn't say it's exactly the same as how you put it, but I'm in full agreement. I was on a podcast uh, myself as a guest and they asked me my thoughts. And it's weird because I've got a show that's called the HR L&D podcast, right? But that's, everyone knows what HR is. That doesn't mean the title shouldn't evolve. Most people obviously have seen that transition move into the world of people, but I haven't heard anyone think about it as employee experience. I know it encompasses employee experience, but as a title, I think that's quite an interesting concept. And I know we're going to dive into that as well and how technology can improve that employee experience. There will be some people listening to this show who don't even know what the metaverse is. I've given a very brief introduction into what we're going to be talking about today. So I wondered if before we jump into why it's important you understand it and how it could impact the world of HR. If you could just bring to life what the metaverse is and why it's really important we, we do get to grips with what it is and, and how it may potentially impact us in the future. Yeah, it really does take um, take getting your head around for uh, for a while. Uh, the, the best way to experience it is to stick on a virtual reality headset and have a go. Um, it's, it can take on many, many different forms, but really all of them involve wearing some sort of VR headset. Uh, whether it's something from from Meta or Apple's new um, headset or some other one. And many, many and nearly all of the headsets have some sort of capability to interact with the metaverse. So you stick on your headset, you immerse yourself into this virtual reality world around you where you can move your hands, you can touch and feel things that aren't really there. You uh, be careful not to walk into chairs and other furniture around you. There's real, real health and safety things we need to talk about later with regards to the metaverse. And it's a way that you can engage with other people or other things in real-time collaboration through virtual reality. And it's very interesting. I don't think the world is quite decided yet whether there's going to be one metaverse, whether it's going to be like a new internet out there and it's a single thing that everybody can interact with in different ways, or whether there's going to be lots of different metaverses and it's more like a Facebook metaverse and an Apple metaverse and a Google metaverse and lots of different metaverses. So I don't think anyone's really quite decided what it is, but it's really a virtual space that people can get together with and collaborate and do all sorts of quite interesting things that I think are tremendously exciting and potentially really disruptive in the world of work. Yeah, nice. I mean, we've tackled virtual reality on this show in the past. I thought I think some companies are doing some really interesting things in relation to inclusivity and diversity and, and, and things like that, where 
they they try and help you put the mask on of how someone else would feel in a public situation and how people's reactions to it. And you can mm-hmm. almost feel like somebody else. And they're trying to use it from that kind of HR angle. But from your perspective, and, and I know you're doing a lot of work in this field, what's the potential impact of the metaverse on the future of work? I've given one very small example of my experience of it, but I know it's far far more ranging than that. So I wonder if you can give things sort of bring that into, into view. Yeah, it could be quite theoretical. So I always love to use examples about how we can bring this kind of technology to life and what it can and can't do. I think there's so there's so many different use cases. I'll talk through some of what some of what they are. We've used it, we've used it ourselves at Applaud a few times. So a couple of use cases that we've used, we've held virtual uh, virtual reality events where we've had roundtables in the metaverse. Uh, where we've all been sitting around a virtual boardroom, um, having conversations, interacting with a whiteboard um, and talking about other topics. Um, That in itself is, it sounds a little bit like a Zoom call, but it's actually really different to the Zoom call because it's so much more immersive. You can interact with things, you can touch things, you can type on a virtual keyboard with a projected keyboard, a projected monitor in front of you. Um, And... Uh, and you can hear things in 3D. So with Zoom, you don't have the interrupted issue where someone talks and someone stops and they all apologize. With virtual reality, it's, it's 3D sound. So you can hear and see and look when someone else is talking. You can see their expressions, their emotions. Um, and, it, and it's much more like a real physical meeting room um, environment. So I mean, that's an obvious use case is to have virtual collaboration. That's more of an evolution of something like Zoom. Now, doesn't begin to touch the edges of what can be achieved. Some of the other things that we've done is we've created a uh, a, a metaverse, which is almost like an art gallery of our own company where you can walk around the art gallery and interact with videos, um, posters, artwork, and all of the things around our brand. So that's a really, really interesting way for organizations to be able to present some, some kind of event or environment in which people can interact with that organization it could be for prospective employees to get a feel for what it's actually like working somewhere it could be to interact with career information about benefits or it could be consumer facing so it's designed for the customers so it's a really interesting couple of examples there um i think some of the ones that start to get really interesting is so learning and development clearly a hot topic for this podcast Uh, is a very, very hot area for the metaverse um, because there are new ways that employees can learn, new ways that that organizations can offer learning that um, cannot be provided virtually today and in some cases cannot even be provided physically today. So an example of uh, of, of a, a consumer example of this, imagine, imagine an architect having a meeting with a prospective customer where they project a 3D model of a building and um, overlay that into a real world environment so they can actually see what a building might look like and touch it and interact with it virtually um, and make amendments to it live. You you couldn't do that face to face. You couldn't do that on a Zoom. That's an example of something which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, an example of learning could be doctors uh, and medical professionals practicing with uh, instruments um, and practicing operations that are that are difficult or risky um, in a virtual environment, which of course is completely risk-free. Um, that's a that's a brilliant use case, and we're already yeah, seeing a great user case. Yeah, we're seeing that quite a lot 
in the real world already and, and some surgeons are already performing operations remotely uh, and i think that, you can replicate that in bomb disposal or other <laughs> other things as well right which we could possibly do which involve lots of danger and intricate learnings but you don't want you don't want to make a mistake yeah and a, a more mundane level is health and safety in the workplace in a manufacturing environment where you've got equipment that could potentially be dangerous not quite bomb disposal but nevertheless sure. you know you could lose a finger um it's it's a great way to provide a safe environment in which people can learn so i think that's that's a really interesting example. Um, there's also examples of potentially uh, um, places where you can have virtual workspaces, collaboration spaces. It could be a meeting room. It could be a place where people can get together. Um, and within that virtual space, the advantage of doing it in the metaverse over doing it face-to-face is obviously you don't have the travel, um, but you also can interact with things using your hands which is not something you can do on Zoom. You can touch things, you sure. can pick things up, you can hand them around, you can move them, you can interact with them, you can build things in 3D and you can all see it together at the same time. So I think it's really interesting ways that people can get together in virtual spaces. And it's also quite a good trading, tra- trading ground as well. I think some gaming organizations have already built games in the metaverse where you can buy, you can buy artwork, you can buy space and you can build on it. And so I think there's going to be new business models, new commercial opportunities that are presented to organizations to be able to trade things, to buy and sell stuff um, and services. And that, of course, will then create employment opportunities, new employment opportunities um, and new types of careers that just don't even exist today. So I think there's some some really disruptive, interesting ways that potentially can have quite a big impact on the future of work. Sure. I, th- I think um, presumably things like team building as well, challenges, you can bring teams together to solve, you know, team team building now in this employee experience piece is more important than we've seen it for a little while, particularly with everyone being disparate, you know, people now yeah. working remotely. I assume you can bring everyone into one space to solve a challenge, a puzzle or whatever it might be. You can kind of do that on an escape room, for example. You could have that in the metaverse and try and escape it as a group, all talking and all kind of working together. Uh, yeah, I, know, yeah. I know from my perspective, which is very limited, by the way, uh, but I do have a virtual reality headset at home. And I know things like uh, my my dad, for example, is is fearful of heights, but we've got walk the plank on it. Now, I know it's, it's you know, you can walk down a plank and experience something where you're on the top of a building walking across. And when you're in that world, it feels very, very real. And, you know, his legs are shaking and all the things are going on, but he's just walking along a plank that's just laid on the floor. But I guess in that kind of experience, again, it's using that that dangerous element, which there is no danger in that instance, but it feels it so you can work over those learned behaviors, try and overcome your fears in that particular example. But obviously I can see how that could transcend. So what are the what are the barriers to entry then at the minute? I mean, this is something which seems lots of fun to me. I'd be all over the idea of meeting my colleagues in a in a virtual space and liaising with them with whiteboards and 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 as you say, sort of computers and everything else that we can bring in. But are we seeing this, you know? starting to evolve and people start to adopt this or is is actually is there a barrier that's preventing people from taking it further when there are clearly so many potential benefits from it i wonder i wonder what's causing the blockage there's so there, there are quite a few things to overcome i think where it's where it's penetrating most successfully is perhaps unsurprisingly where there's the strongest business case to be able to use this stuff so in the medical industry for example where you have very um uh, very experienced surgeons who can only be in one place at any one time, their time is a their time is a commodity. So if there's a way that you can leverage their capability 
to get more service from surgeons, then it's a brilliant use case that has an obvious business case in return. And similarly, uh, where where there can be opportunities to have massive cost savings, um, that's where the most successful penetration is at the moment. But it's not it's not a straightforward thing to roll out. So first of all, the the some of the challenges are from an employee perspective, they've got to learn something new, uh, something they're not familiar with at all. So it requires a new set of training to be able to use that. You've got the the purchasing and the provision provisioning of the equipment. It's not cheap, particularly to buy these headsets. It, it can be comparatively in terms of bringing people in to work and out every day. But nevertheless, there's an outlay for this. There's the there's the impact around what is what is the uh, possible barriers um, in terms of in terms of some of the software that we need to install on that and how do we manage that from an employer perspective how do we get the security of that how do we get the data privacy of that correct um this is a completely new type of technology and it's a really really big thing to think about cyber security and and data security of these there's things that we haven't thought about yet and it requires new thinking that we have to build into the design of rolling out this kind of technology and that's a really big thing it's also a little bit more intrusive on the work-life balance potentially than existing virtual tools like zoom because it's so much more immersive it, it allows work a bit more accessible than it is before and so there are new ethical concerns around striking that work-life balance and getting that and getting that absolutely right it makes virtual more accessible which means there's more virtual work that can get done so we need to think about how do we how do we foster a healthy work-life culture and then there's um the reality of um trying to make these devices inclusive and accessible for everybody so where we have employees with disabilities how do we make sure that these devices are absolutely suitable for everybody and how do we build that in from first principles as we're thinking about deploying this as part of a process. So there's a lot of things for an employer to think about. There's a lot for an employee to take on. Most people don't really even understand what the metaverse is yet. So it's a huge, huge learning curve. And our own experience is when we've run events in the metaverse, whereas Zoom might be a two, three minute setup time, a metaverse setup time is probably nearer to 20 to 30 minutes at the moment to get over all the technical barriers from initiating it. So it really is does take quite a lot of work to get things up and running to begin with. So all things considered then, I mean, there's some very um, relevant barriers there that we need to consider to take it forward. Do you envision that the metaverse is going to reshape the traditional workplace as we know it? Is it just that we are, it just takes time? Or could those barriers remain barriers that ever prevent us from really adopting this, this, this tech? So I think there's some, some so many really really interesting use cases where there's it's for me it's it's implausible that this won't become a penetrating technology. So it's it's going it's going to become part of people's work lives. If you do, so a couple more examples of where I think it could be really really interesting. If you have a if you have a technician on site performing some quite complex maintenance work on some machinery or some equipment. It could be it could be stuff that potentially be explosive, like gas related equipment, um, and it's it's highly technical. You either need to bring out your very very best people and have them travelling most of their day, 
Or you could have someone who's very experienced using augmented reality. So augmented reality is where you have a virtual reality world, but you have the real world overlaid on top of that. So you can see what the engineer is doing. You can see the engineer's hands. You can see the equipment they're interacting with, but it's also overlaid with a virtual world. That actually means that someone remotely wearing a headset can provide very, very clear advice as to exactly what cables should be pulled and what buttons to press, what should be cut when, how things should be done on something that could be really extremely difficult and technical. And that's the way that you can do that at scale at a much, much lower cost base. And it could be done and you could do it with a higher success rate uh, and a lower error rate. So that's an example of something where I think maintenance of equipment and on-site technicians is really interesting. Have you ever asked yourself, how can any recruiter understand my HR recruitment challenges? Please don't give up on your hiring challenges just yet. Here at JGA HR Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top human resources talent. We also understand just how costly a poor hire can be. JGA HR Recruitment would like to partner with you to help you overcome your hiring challenges. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. Sure. What about in the, in the HR sphere then? What, what are some of these sort of HR cutting edge tools that we could integrate, not just with the metaverse, but with some of the rising technologies that you're seeing in the workplace? Well, so learning and development has got to be number one, I think, yeah. uh, where um especially in highly regulated industries where there's very strict health and safety rules. It could be financial regulations, um, some very, very strict rules around that. So I think providing learning that is that you, you need to do in order to avoid punishing fines, it can be a very effective way to deploy that learning at scale. And some learning can only be done face to face today. If you're thinking of something like potentially customer agent, um, customer agent training, um, for employees um, or learning how to use machinery or equipment, it could be a really, really great way to wear a VR headset, get in the metaverse, and then have that experience where you're interacting with maybe a virtual a virtual human who's yeah. asking questions, and that augmented with perhaps uh, chatbots or even generative AI, real life things overlaid on top of on top of what you're interacting with to give you information about what you're using, the manuals, specs, 3D models, um, to help you really learn and get hands-on experience of doing it. So not just that theoretical training, but actual hands-on experience. So I think learning and development is is absolutely uh, the number one use case for me at the moment. And I think the other use case is collaboration. Um, whether it's whether it's a way potentially to engage remote home-based workers or workers who are remote the entire time could be an interesting way to get people together for virtual events for hop sure. into the metaverse hang out um i'll be king i'll be king there you go have a party uh, i saw a really interesting metaverse technology that had live um sort of live concerts in the metaverse um which sounds crazy to me i just can't imagine going to a live concert in the metaverse i do like music but that just seems a bit extreme to me but when i watched 
the example it was it was absolutely amazing and super engaging so you can actually have fun engaging events in the metaverse that are much more immersive and enjoyable than you can do on zoom there may be there's a bit of the novelty factor um for a while but also there could be genuine use cases there that actually create long-term engagement opportunities for hr um, and and the employee experience community to build new ways of engaging remote and distributed workforces yeah, nice. I think that was going to lead me to where my next question was going to be, really, which is, can companies have a leverage in the metaverse which can improve and enhance their employee experience, collaboration, overall satisfaction? I think you've you've touched upon some of those points. Um, but so if, if someone was listening to this and, you know what, I can really see a user case for this in our business, uh, maybe it's one of the ones you've touched upon, maybe it's a learning development professional that wants to learn more. What what are the services that Applaud provide? What what part you mentioned collaboration? How how could they collaborate with you to to get themselves started in this world? Yeah, uh, so I think one of the things that you can do a very simple example is is setting up a, a personalised uh, workspace. Um, I think in the in the metaverse you have so home home based workers have no option to personalise their desk or their workspace at all, um, uh, particularly. So it provides unlimited ways of creating that workspace. It could be changing the view outside. It could be sitting on top of a mountain, um, having a beautiful view all day. And I know, you know, having having that great view, having that sunshine outside just generally contributes to a happier, happier uh, life. So uh, it could be ways of personalizing workspace. It could be bringing in the right equipment when you need it. But it could be overlaying multiple screens so that you've got your main screen, but you've also got lots of other screens that perhaps coming and going based on the context of what you're doing um, and have a much more dynamic and powerful workspace that allows you as an employee to be more productive in your work. So you might still be typing on a laptop or doing whatever job you do at home, but that could provide quite an interesting way. Um, If you imagine, imagine a customer service agent being on the phone at home um, and during, of course, the pandemic, many organizations had to shift their call centers yeah. to being home base, which is an incredible achievement um, uh, in itself. Imagine a customer service agent at home being on a call, live call with an agent and a virtual bot listening in, translating the call and understanding the call and presenting multiple screens of information in context to what that what that employee is calling about. If they're calling about an oven that doesn't work, you can immediately call up the uh, a model of that oven and the buttons that need to be pressed to diagnose a particular thing live. So that's an example there of where that could be very interesting. So I think there's, uh, I think that's that's an example of, of where it could be quite interesting um, to get a leverage on it. Some of the some of the other ones is it could also be used for gamification um, yeah. as well. Uh, it could be a nice way to provide new ways of providing perks um, uh, that you can't do virtually today or some sort of reward system, even as simple as badges, but things that allow you to do to do stuff in the metaverse that you can't do today. So I think it's an interesting ways to, to, to gamify it as well. Sure. Um, we at Applaud are mostly using it at the moment to run events and to share content and engage with things that we can't do over Zoom. And that are very difficult to do face to face because we have a very global, geographically dispersed enterprise customer base, and bringing people together is really difficult for our customers. Um, and it's a lovely way, lovely way to meet and have a much more personal experience than Zoom. 
Yeah, no, but you've definitely made a case for it. So one thing I've experienced both as an HR recruiter, but also from doing these shows is we've seen more, I've seen more HR leaders now invest in tech and transformation than I've probably ever seen before. Uh, there's been a huge amount of investment and rightly so the pandemic highlighted weaknesses in the HR model and, and, and changes to the way that em- employees like to be, well, you mentioned employee experience, whether you're working remotely, the, the, the ability to, to have that tech in place and all the different things that employees now need and the great resignation show that they don't have it, that they kind of vote with their feet. Where are you seeing HR leaders invest their their tech technical budgets at the moment? And, and is 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 metaverse is the metaverse part of that spend yet? And and if not, is there enough spend left over for it in your experience? Well, I think there's certainly not enough enough money going around at the moment to fund all these wonderful technologies that people would like to experiment with. I think yeah. so. Going back to your original question about what does HR mean to me, I think one of the things we didn't talk about as part of that is that the remit of HR has changed so much that the term HR doesn't really encompass the huge array of things that HR needs to do today. And HR are now uh, technology ambassadors for some of the the tools that we we buy and use. And HR are much more tech savvy, need to be owning tech rather than IT. And that's been a real change in in the last five years. And as a result of that, HR teams are reorganizing their structure so they're more focused around being able to experiment with technologies and innovate faster. There's a lot of organizations practicing design thinking uh, where HR has set up product owners. So a product owner for onboarding, a product owner for offboarding, a product owner for, um, for performance management. And those individuals are responsible for that life cycle moment completely um, and are practicing design thinking to continually innovate and try and improve that employee experience. And as part of that process, HR teams are becoming more agile, practicing agile, uh, operating in sprints, perpetual innovation, where every every month when a sprint is finished, we do a retrospect, we see how that's gone, we look at what the next change is, and we're continually delivering change. And those organizations that have managed to rethink their operating model so that they're built for innovation are in a much better place to be able to innovate with new and emerging technologies like the metaverse more quickly and then gain a massive competitive advantage from doing that. So I think rather than thinking about the metaverse, is is it a silo technology that that I should spend my budget on or isn't it? I think actually what's important is that organisations are restructuring themselves so that they are able to innovate and experiment with technologies quickly as soon as they emerge to try and leverage that competitive advantage. Um, I'm not really seeing, to answer your question directly, I'm not seeing loads of budget being spent on the metaverse, but we are are definitely seeing the customer side experiment with the metaverse ahead of the employee side. The employee side will, of course, trail. Um, But those organizations that are built to innovate faster will be the ones experimenting and leveraging it the quickest. Sure. And I, I guess, as you say, as if it's the consumers are using it, particularly the, the, the youngsters, my 13 year old is, you know, has, has experienced the metaverse, for example, it's going to be the that generation that comes into HR in the future, of course, that will have that knowledge and will probably want to, you know, really want to, to innovate and bring these immersive technologies into the workplace because they already understand how it works, whether they've used it from a gaming perspective or, or elsewhere. So I think that's a really interesting future development where if we're listening to this as a leader now, and maybe we don't see it's for us and in this moment, actually the workforce coming through may, may have a very different viewpoint in, in what works and, and what experience they want to ex- their own consumers to experience and so on. I think it was quite interesting we're talking about um, operating models and, and, and 
transformation. And often we're met with challenge. One of the difficult roles that, that people leaders have is, is managing resistance to change. And I'm sure the metaverse is another example of where you can, you, I guess you can kind of role play scenario. You can do some scenario analysis. You were talking about the design thinking there. You can design your models and almost role play them through the metaverse to see what the impact may or may not be and what outcomes. I know you can never predict the future so uh, as such, but you can certainly role play it to get an idea of what that future might look like through different. And I think that, that's maybe an interesting, uh, use, another use, user case for HR professionals to consider if they get, if they're going through something that's significant and very expensive actually setting up with a firm like yourselves to to role play in in the first instance before they invest a you know six seven figure sum into something might be a worthwhile investment of using no, that 100%, that's, that's a brilliant brilliant suggestion I, I, and I th- it, it doesn't need to start with big steps most people don't really understand what it is to get their head around it so an obvious point is to have a go um yeah. So you, can, yeah you can experience it and, and feel it for real most people's reaction is as soon as they put on the headset it's wow in virtual reality and, and the metaverse stuff that we've done has been so positive and people have really engaged with it and it's been really nice um and and uh, different and just people are seeing a lot of opportunity with that but i think in terms of where hr teams can can start to pick this up um the obvious point is to is to find a way to stay on top of developments so just understand the potential and just stay on top of developments um and building experimentation into into your roadmap and strategy, um, yeah. we can be resistant to change. That's fine, but I think just having a little bit of time dedicated to experiment with that things is is really helpful. And then when it comes to deploying it, we need to partner with IT for sure in terms of getting that infrastructure right, that cybersecurity right, getting the net network in place. Sure. Um, I think is really interesting. But there's, you're right. As new generations come through, they'll be looking for new ways of learning um, and it'd be much more tech savvy than perhaps what we used to. So I think fostering that culture of learning and really understanding what our employees want and designing for uh, designing for the empty chair uh, rather than trying to preempt what our employees want, actually meeting with them and speaking with them and asking them and experimenting, I think is just a great way to be able to see where this has got legs and where it hasn't. Yeah, I, I have to say it's one of those things. And my limited experience is I just have a VR headset at home uh, by Meta, actually. It's a Meta headset. And we play games and the walk the plank and, and different things. Right. One of those things that until you've experienced it, it's very, very hard to explain it or to really understand what it is until you put that headset on. So if you haven't and you're listening to this and you've got a friend who has a gaming headset or anything like that and you want to try, like my dad did, of walking the plank, which he had no idea what this was like. You know, this is technology that he'd never had in his working career. And he put it on and he was mind blown by by what this world gave him and what what he experienced in just a few short minutes like it, it it's it's very hard to explain it to you've experienced it and when you have it can be very addictive and 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 really quite exciting and innovative and i can understand why there's why there's movement behind this because it does give you that that excitement and that's something new which gives us you know new opportunities to experience new things i guess i'll leave it here with my last question which is what advice do you give to companies and individuals then that that do want to navigate, they have a willingness to navigate the transition of potentially working in the metaverse. They want to embrace new ways of working. They want to uh, encourage new people coming into the workforce, whether that's into people management, HR management, or whatever, the new generation to, to be innovative. What advice would you give to them? Well, I think setting yourself up as an operating model, as, as an organization structure where you've got headspace and people to think about that and design that, um, and have dedicated effort 
put into that, I think is a good good starting point. Um, and uh, just having that collaboration with employees to regularly think and talk about this stuff and collect ideas and try things out with groups, I think is so is so important. Still, too too often we're seeing HR teams preempt what employees want without asking them yeah. and second guess what their needs are. And I just love I love when we see organizations who just get it right and they're completely driven by data and driven by the voice of the employee and i love i love that and the more the more insights we can get and it's quite easy to get insights these days we have ai and sentiment attached to practically everything um so we can we can draw out a lot of interesting data and information about what uh people are looking for now so that that i think is the is the key thing um at meet, meeting on a regular basis setting up working groups collecting that feedback looking at sentiment um, and using data to drive to drive some of those insights, I think is a really is a, is a is a really uh, powerful way to create compelling evidence about why something should be pursued. Yeah, and I think it's a great way to round off the round off the questions really, because as you say, you know, insights are great, but they only matter if they lead to action. So you know, use those insights, use that data, and then act upon them, and then you'll we'll see some change. I think we are seeing a lot of a lot of insights come through, but not necessarily being acted upon. In which case, it's, it's kind of worthless, really. So there's data, data, and, and people are giving us really good stories. And, and you know, if we listen to our employees and what they want, and use those insights and, and turn them into action, that's where you know we can really see some good cultural change and some transformation occur, which is which is great. But we're going to open the HR L and D vaults. Um, Duncan, uh, first question: some short, sharp uh, questions, short, sharp answers. If you can give one piece of advice to the world, what would it be? Um, good question. It would be to do to do something small or several things small every day um consistently so that in the in the long run they add up to big achievements and i think having that long-term long-term view and doing little things every day results in big results theory of marginal gains isn't it you know one percent a day yeah Yeah. atomic habits a lot's written about on this sort of stuff yeah exactly yeah super so if you had the opportunity, what advice would you give to a younger you just starting out in this new world of work? Well, it's a scary place out there. I think I would say that you are really responsible for yourself and your own career and take things into your own hands. It's your destiny. I've, there's a lot of macro factors at play there um, and a lot of things are out of your control, but see all of those as a learning opportunity and, and where you may have had a chance to influence that and just take complete responsibility for your own uh for your own trajectory that would be uh the one thing i think okay perfect and you might find the answer similar to this question based on the answer you've just given but what advice would you give to a professional that, that's listening to this now who wants to develop a career that gives them a seat at the table and obviously you're a ceo and co-founder um is there any particular steps you've taken that that may be useful for for our listeners to take away if they want to follow a similar trajectory having a vision about where you want to get to um, and having the ambition and drive to get you there is ultimately um, is, is ultimately what I believe is the single most important thing that will, that will help you get there. But taking that vision and then breaking that down and planning it into into years, into months, into days, sometimes even into hours or minutes um, on a day by day basis to help you reach those end goals. People who have that vision or have that ambition and and plan that out and stick to the plan are those that are most successful, and that for me, has been super helpful in my career. Yeah, nice. I think it was Nietzsche. I read it in A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, where he says in there, 
And if you know your why, so your vision in that instance, then you can overcome almost any how. So it's having starting with that vision and being, as you I say, like you know, really driven about it. But last but not least, uh, what is the guiding principle behavior you've seen in every great leader that you've uh, had the pleasure of working with? Uh, well, um, passion uh, and a an absolute relentless focus on delivering ultimately their uh, their their vision and goals. Probably linking back to the last last question a little bit, but of what I see in every great leader is just tremendous, tremendous, unforgiving hard work um, yeah. and drive and drive to get them to where they want to get to. Um, nice. There is no substitute for hard work, unfortunately, in terms of achieving results. That's one thing I see with all great leaders. I, I you know what I fully agree. It's not an answer I've had. I think in, in with that uh, with that level of passion behind it. But um, you know, as someone who's not just playing myself, I get it, and I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to argue against it. So, Doug, <laughs> it's been really, really great uh, insight and, and session to talk about the metaverse today. I hope it's been useful for our listeners. For those that want to find out more, where can I direct them? Um, you can direct them to uh, to our website to applaudhr.com. You can direct them to me um, directly if you like. Um, we'd always be happy to talk about it, to experiment, and to and to host sessions so that people can get to experience it. You know, we're not a metaverse company, but we love experimenting with with new technologies um, and ways that it can change the world of work. So yeah, please reach out to us at applaudhr.com. I think just to add to that as well, and you're an HR business, you get the world of HR well, you understand the the, the pressures and the challenges that HR professionals are faced with. So as you say, you're not a tech metaverse company, but you're able to incorporate your understanding of the world of HR and what's influencing it and bring metaverse into one space. I think it's a really important distinction for those listening here, because if you do get in touch with the board, you're already going to have a really strong understanding of what the challenges they're being faced with in in the current world of work. And actually on that end, I should mention, if you do go to the website, and I will put a link in the show notes so people can find it directly, you've got a really interesting, which I've done myself, um, free report available called The Future of HR, uh, Employee Experience Fueled by Consumer Grade Technology. So that's completely free. If you go to the website, you can download that and find out a lot more about some of the work that Applaud are doing as well. Uh, there's a host of other resources and tools and things that you can also access. So I do highly recommend you go to that website. And as I say, there will be a link in the show notes so you can go straight through. And I'll also include a link to Duncan Casemore's LinkedIn profile for those that want to connect directly as well. Just even say a huge thank you for joining me today on the HRND podcast, Duncan. Maybe one day we'll change the title of the show to something else, the Employee Experience Podcast or something else. But for the moment... This is where we are. Of course, if anyone is listening to the show and they need support with an HR-related vacancy, please do get in touch with myself or any of my wonderful team at jgarecruitment.com. There'll be a link into the show notes uh, for us as well if you want to get in touch. And just please say one more huge thank you and I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the podcast real soon. Duncan, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Nick. That's it for today's episode of the HR L&D podcast. I hope you found this discussion informative and thought-provoking and that it gave you actionable insights to help you drive your HR agenda forward. Please remember to subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And I'd also love to hear from you. So if you enjoyed this show, please do leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback helps me to ensure I can continue to bring you the topics and guests that matter most to you. Oh, and don't forget to share this show with your colleagues and fellow HR leaders as well. The more we spread the word, the more we can grow our community of HR professionals who I know are all as dedicated to driving the future of work forward as I am. Thanks, of course, for tuning in. My name is Nick Gay. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. It would be great to get connected. In the meantime, I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the HR L&D podcast real soon.